0: Summer Bays, the unofficial Home and Away podcast brought to you by Clara Kavner, where I take a weekly look at the trials and many tribulations of Australia's most beloved surfer, Dan Bay. Each week I do a deep dive into the week's events and discuss dilemmas our characters might just find themselves in, like does telling your husband you don't love him after he's had a stroke make you a horrible person? Or is emigrating to Italy really going to solve your marriage problems? Get ready to feel closer each day to Home and Away. Before we get started, I want to share a top tip to really enhance your Home and Away viewing, and that is no spoilers. When the episode ends, just shut it off, flip down your computer, press the off button, press pause, fingers in your ears. It really enhances your Home and Away viewing experience. You won't see some twists and turns coming. It'll change the way you love summer Bay. Kicking off this week is the departure of Ben and Maggie and their irrational, not really thought out plan of going to Italy. And so at the beginning of the week, Maggie's like, oh, my daughters aren't coming with me. I'm not ready to pack my bags just yet. So excuse me, you were rushing to get onto a plane when things weren't going right with Ben. So that makes no sense, Maggie. And I just feel like they're being rushed off the show or something. And then, so Ben's kind of emotional chat with John helps kind of turn the wheel into are we ready for this change and this massive move and I think Ben and John get a lot out of it in terms of John saying to Ben when the chips are down who do you want next to you? Nothing else should matter. Okay, go for it with Maggie. But then what Ben gives to John is are you just staying with your partner out of duty? Hello Marilyn! Hello Marilyn! But when Ben goes back to the farm and Maggie's like cleaning the fridge, trying to like, I don't know, scrub wear problems. And Ben is like, oh, I believe in us. What do you want in this moment? And she's like, yes, okay, now I'm 100% sure. And that really passionate kiss in the fridge. It's just like, I just feel so over-involved in their love life. It just, I don't know, it just feels kind of like too intimate or something. And then when they're, Of course, choosing the cheaper flights to leave in 23 hours. Maggie does a lot of like heavy breathing and like he's giving her massages and she's like, can you, can I schedule one of those in on the plane, please? It's like, just, you have one couple like Marilyn and John, who I've never, ever seen kiss on the lips. And even Alf and Martha kiss on the lips. But then you have couples like... Dean and Ziggy who can't stop talking about being naked and having sex and then you have Ben and Maggie who are like have tongues down each other's throat like 90% of the time. It's so weird. I don't know. I don't really get it. There's like such a spectrum I think of intimacy amongst the Home and away couples. But anyway, they tell Ziggy that they're leaving tomorrow. But like, how do you pack up your life? Like that entire farmhouse, how do you pack that up in one day? Oh, we're leaving tomorrow. It's just impossible. But anyway, it's home and away time. So they obviously have time for that and loads of all their goodbyes and everything. So that makes perfect sense. But I do like the way Maggie's come to her senses saying it's me and Ben's dream. It's not yours. So it was kind of foolish of us to ask you to come with us. So at least there's some speck of sanity in this whole Italian move. Uh, I'm really not behind it. But however, their pack up in the farmhouse was kind of cute and their memories of the house. And also Lee and Alf had a lovely chat about the, the Estonis and when they first came to the bay and they became the mortal enemy because they owned the pier and they wanted to make all these changes. So that was kind of nice. But I suppose now it means that Ziggy is fading into the She's not really in Estonia anymore. She's kind of, in like six months, she'll just be like a townsperson. So she's not part of one of the bigger family storylines, I guess. So there's there's kind of, I suppose, a phase out of the Estonians going on. Especially when Maggie and Ben offer the house to Dean and Ziggy, a no-brainer in my eyes. And Dean doesn't seem so keen, so then they write a pros and cons list. And turns out, surfing and coffee and a quick commute beats cheap rent, No roommates. And to quote Ziggy, we can be naked all the time. So I don't know. I find that a bit odd. And yes, I understand it would be weird living there without them. But it is your own place. And there is four people living in an apartment. Hello. Is that not a bit busy anyway? I I just don't really. Anyway. But what is great is that Dean gets offered the surf shop. It was kind of coming, kind of felt it coming. And then when Dean... Oh, Ziggy. Oh, Ziggy, Ziggy, Ziggy. So when Dean... Is all like, oh, what will I do? And she's there supporting him. She just gets this fright and goes, me, 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 me. Who will I talk to? I'm all alone and basically an orphan. And then Dean storms off, and she's like, Why are you so annoyed? Just the self centeredness of Ziggy drives me insane. And she just can't. She's so caught up in her own stuff that she actually can't understand what she said would upset him and he's so good to her I feel like I'm saying this all the time but he is now kind of over her and then she just doesn't need to love at all because she's she's so used to being adored by him that she makes no effort. She forgets what they were talking about and then is like, back to me, back to me. I was just So this self-centeredness has got to stop. It's almost like she needs a shock to appreciate how good she has it with Dean. So when this surprise going away, lunch gets thrown for Ben and Maggie, Dean is still ratty with her and she's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to miss, really miss my parents and I assumed you knew I didn't mean you. But like you said you were an orphan and you're all alone. On what planet would you not think that Dean would take that up the wrong way and that it's a hurtful thing to say coupled with the fact that she's looking at the old photos and he sees her crying obviously he's going to take that up the wrong way but again with this fighting with Dean uh, it's lovely the way she gave the album to the Morgans it kind of brings Mason back into the storyline a little bit and keeps because I kind of feel like he's totally forgotten about now and you know Tori and Justin are very concerned with Jasmine and stuff but like the grief of Mason is very much faded into the background. So that was kind of, I welcomed that mention of Mason coming back in because, you know, he didn't die that long ago. But I do think there's like these little fires that are happening between Dean and Ziggy where it's like, you don't care enough about me, where it's like Ziggy goes off and is Ziggy and doesn't appreciate Dean or like he's remembering their one-year anniversary and she's not. And it just kind of turns into... This whole where Dean is overgiving in the relationship, like remembering their one year anniversary. And Ziggy's the big goose who just can't stop thinking about it, me, myself and I. And or like, do you remember when her work was really stressful and he was trying to spend time with her? Now I know he overstepped, but this has been a common thread. And I think Dean needs to know his worth or I think they're a great pair, but Dean needs to fight back in order to get see to appreciate him a bit more or something. I just think she's taken him and his love for granted. And I don't like it because I think he's really changed for the better. He deserves to be loved the way the same way that he loves her. Now, moving on to the Paradas, and they're all preparing for their trip to New Zealand, you know, packing their bags, getting the time off work, tying up any loose ends. Colby overhears Alf talking about their trip, and then we get an airport scene. I knew something was coming because they never do airport scenes. It's just something bad was on the way. Gemma gets through and then the boys get held up and Tane says to Gemma over the phone, just take him home, which is such a horrible, horrible thing for Colby to do. And then especially when he calls in to gloat when they come home, it's such a low blow. And I think Bella summed it up by saying like, he knows what it's like to lose his mum and to not be able to go to their funeral is awful. And I don't understand why Colby is such a dog with a bone. The punishment did not fit the crime. They were always coming back and it just, it didn't, I don't understand why Colby is going to these lengths with the paradas and like I know he is suspicious of them but that was a really big dig and I feel like they're just trying to take Colby out of his nice man box and put him into a bit of a mean box. So I don't know what they're at there and like the emotional scene of the lads like Tane kickboxing in his room and Ari drinking alone in salt and Pearl Nick at home looking at the pictures of his dad and that's just awful. And, and when the gals find out Mackenzie and Bella Colby's insult and then gets a cold shoulder from them. And I think the work that Bella did was great standing outside the or sitting outside the door and not leaving and talking about her own mom and how ashamed she is of Colby. That was amazing. And that's something that what Nick really needed because he's such a sensitive little soul. And I really do like him and Bella. So I definitely see Sparks fly there, and they're getting that kind of deep emotional connection and they're bonding over how horrible Kobe is because he knows what it's like. I don't get it. I also am appreciating this super high-pitched singer that is um singing along to every emotional moment that's going on in the show. It's so high-pitched I can barely hear what he's saying, but they seem to be using the same artist for any of these sad scenes. And then Mac very kindly offers to do service in Salt and Ari's like, look, you don't understand. So then the wheels get in motion for something. And when Nick says, how do I honor my dad if I can't be in New Zealand, is the real crux of the problem. The brothers chime in and then we get the funeral haka on the beach. I honestly had to watch it, not twice, but thrice. And it was their way of saying goodbye. I don't know, there's something about the haka that makes me so emotional. I cried on the first time, not on the second time, but then on the third time. And the way they did it was incredible. It's a hack I haven't seen before. And the way they zoomed out at the end and it just ended on silence was so poignant. My goosebumps had goosebumps. It was just such an amazing moment. And I love, while the products can get a bit, um, they're unlovable at times, but I do think they bring a certain harsh to the show I just love what they've brought to the show and I really like it. So getting to experience their culture is just amazing and, oh, it's just so powerful. And it is a good way. And it was just a lovely, lovely goodbye to Makari, and I really liked it. But then underpinning this all is money problems because the rent is bloody bouncing. Ari and Tani are fighting about it. The stress of, of course, Kobe overhears. Then Tani's supposed to start work with Ari, but then does a runner. So he's obviously gone to go do something dodgy. Not before having a very steamy encounter with Mackenzie at the fridge in the middle of the night. Ooh, ooh Mack, you are playing with fire. Oh, yeah, just not great. Not a good idea to be having the hots for boyfriend's older brother Mm -mm -mm. and now before I move on we had Bella and Colby having another standoff and just love the new Bella I hated the old one I have to say really she was a lot to deal with and relentless and but this new Bella is amazing and I think what she said to Colby was how can I trust you when you're acting like a control freak hello Colby stop telling her not to be with him with Nick it'll only make her want to be with him more anyway moving on Maz and John. This might be an unpopular opinion. It might be. But I'm getting a little tired of Marilyn being such a martyr of wanting to do the right thing. And her obligation and duty in being John's wife is totally clouding reality. Like her saying stuff like, he deserves better, and like her blaming herself for his moods. But she's not taking any responsibility for smothering him or she's not changing her tack. She's just continuing with the fussing of someone who doesn't like to feel like a patient. It's a bit square and circle. And uh, I don't know, I'm starting to go a bit... Now, I never really had a side here, but I'm starting to go a bit Team John on this because like obviously, okay, your marriage is falling apart and that's not a nice thing. But there's also reality and there's also thinking of yourself as a horrible person but like you're not a horrible person Marilyn and I think it kind of is summed up in the random call in she does to the Pradas the night before they go to New Zealand and they're all like that was really weird and like you call in for like less than 30 seconds very strange she's obviously trying to keep out of the house or whatever but it wasn't really acknowledged by anybody else it just felt like a bit of a pointless scene or something but and Alf is being great in this and to him she's like I just want to do the right thing but you can't just like bulldoze into just wanting to do the right thing even though the right thing in bunny ears is or in commas is not working you're not really helping anymore you, like your technique is all wrong and then dare I say so when she leaves John behind for the farewell to the Estonies was that a bit cruel And she totally gets caught out by Justin and Ben going to the rescue to kind of, everyone's kind of copping on that one of them saying one thing and the other one saying another thing. So it kind of calls her out a little bit. And then she's like, oh, I couldn't cope on my own. Well, ask for help. You live in the Bay. Someone can easily have a car. And like he publicly kind of calls her out John publicly kind of calls her out you'd be surprised when I actually am able for Marilyn and so I think that that kind of made people see the wider picture a little bit of what's actually going on and then we get into this dance of like John wanting an honest conversation saying like you're only here out of Judy you don't love me but then Marilyn's avoiding it, literally fingers and ears, going la 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 la. But eventually when John does get his answer, forcing her to kind of say, I don't love you anymore, and admitting that she's just here out of obligation, then she goes into this like upset tiz, and then Willow of all people finds her on a the bench in on near the beach. <laughs> And says, oh, I'm a horrible person. I'm a horrible person. And then Irene comes to rescue and salt then and just kind of says, you can't really live a lie. And then we have John putting the the wheels in motion for other arrangements. So it's coming to a head. I don't know. It would be different if Marilyn was acting a little bit more rationally. She's kind of, Marilyn's the person instigating the change. Marilyn's the one who doesn't want to be with him. Marilyn's the one who doesn't love him anymore. So why is she the one who's acting like she's been broken up with. I don't really get it. I think she's just so desperate to be a good person that she's acting like this out of guilt or something or like out of, oh, I don't want to be perceived as a bad person. So I'm going to be really upset that I'm upsetting John. I don't know. Just be honest, Marilyn. <laughs> Oh, now on to my favourite storyline of the week, Miss Jasmine Delaney. So I just love how this story came out in Friday's episode because it really sets up for next week. Oh, my, oh, my. So it kicks off with Jasmine being so sassy to Tori, being like, you look so tired. Why don't you just let me babysit? Uh, You know, being tired is like worse than being over the limit. Good luck with that. I know from Jasmine's perspective, she's kind of fed up with Tori neglecting baby Grace and not looking after her properly. And Jasmine thinks that she can do a far better job. And then she goes on to journal the problem. And what is the point in shaming Tori in any of this? It's not really going to make you a good candidate for babysitting baby Grace. I think Jasmine is on the up in a spiral and I just can't wait to see it all comes down. So Willem and Jasmine have their reunion with Irene, just back from New Zealand. And they talk about Grace being kidnapped, kind of. And updates on the diner break-in, which <laughs> Irene is obviously not very happy about. But then leads on to Dory discovering that Jasmine has used the pictures of baby Grace in the newsletter for Summer Bay Fitness and it is all kinds of wrong. And this kicks off a conversation Tori has with Justin and he kind of lays it out on the line that she's lying a lot, having a go at you for the kidnapping and kind of saying Jasmine really just does not know where to draw the line. So Tori, as any mother would, confronts Jasmine on it and Jasmine begins quite an impressive gaslighting on Tori saying, you gave me your permission. Oh, you're a bit overtired. Nope, that's not what you said. I said that this would happen and I thought you'd be proud. I, you knew what was happening. You're probably too tired. And you're overworked. I thought that Robbo would be proud having his daughter in the pictures for his gym. And it was masterful. It was Machiavellian. It was very impressive. And Tori starts to doubt herself but still wants the photo's removed uh, Sassy Jazzy is having none of it and then Tori has been kind of told by Justin to trust her instincts and this sparks a dr- very dramatic look back on all the stuff that Jasmine has kind of said to Tori and the build up into these events and one line where she was like I minded her the six weeks like she was my own. Mm, that's not right. That is not not right. So the breakthrough happens she's like Justin you were so right and uttered the sentence I've been waiting for since this storyline began I've got to go to Colby for some options oh (laughs) where is this gonna go (laughs) like she does need to get some advice I really can't wait for next week now to see where this is gonna go because Jasmine is in dangerous waters uncharted territory (gasps) Okay, well, that about wraps it up for me this week. If you like what you hear, I would love if you could subscribe, rate, or review the podcast if you have a second with zero pressure. If you want to get in touch with me, it's summerbayspodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget about the no spoilers. Try it for one week and see. It's tempting, but it's worth it. Good day, and I'll talk to you next week.